You're watching WRKM Channel 22, number one in the region. Good evening, or in my case, good afternoon. That's the time it is for me. I'm Ralphie Martinez, and this will end in darkness. Um, Bobby, our uh, high school intern, is on summer vacation with his family, and I guess he's entitled to that. I guess Bobby's entitled to that. He works really hard, apparently, at school. Definitely not here. Definitely not here. That Bobby Cole is no wonderkin, I'll tell you that much. We've been learning that more and more as we've had him here. We'll get through it. Then when he comes back, we'll torture him. There should be a price for rest. That's how capitalism works. How's it been? Uh, last week, we talked about uh, Vince McMahon on the .5 episode. Benny Mac and Total Talent Control. I guess it'd be weird if we didn't um, address the more recent news, the update. Vince McMahon has officially retired at 77. Something no one uh, saw coming. Because um, here was a guy who was Teflon, as we said last week. We had predicted on this program that he would be okay. Because he survived worse. And because pro wrestling, no one would take this scandal seriously. But it does seem that there's more coming out. Does seem that he's got a bit more to be afraid of from the Washington or Wall Street Journal people. So, excuse me for the burpee. They happen from time to time when you speak as long as I do. But apparently there's more coming out. And it was time to make the move. If you've been following my theory that a sale is coming, the situation where Stephanie McMahon is co-CEO and Nick Khan is the other co-CEO, as he primes this company to be sold, in my opinion. If you've watched Succession, you know co-CEOs don't work out. Someone's always going to want the power. Nick Khan, I think, is going to get the power. Stephanie better hope she has something on Nick Khan, but it seems like it's Nick Khan that's got something on everybody. Is he the Tom from Succession? No. 
But he's definitely got something in his back pocket. Could Shane make an appearance in this drama? Hmm. We will see. Hunter's back running talent relations. I promise you, if you're not here for pro wrestling, I'm going to talk about this long. But I do have to address I am a pro wrestling fan, so eat that. I apologize. I just feel really passionately about pro wrestling. But Hunter's back heading talent relations that people are wondering, do we go back to the old NXT days of them? Wow, what was that? Jesus. I'm not cutting that out. I don't cut these out. Why? Experience, I didn't like that as much as you didn't like it. Not a fan of it one bit. But he's back head of talent relations. That was the third time I'm trying to talk about this topic. But he, you know, people are wondering, is he going to go back to the old ways of buying the best indie talent? out there, but AEW has kind of replaced them in that market, so who knows? Maybe they continued the total talent control we pitched last week. But we do know Vince is out, and it is a thing. We always thought he'd die in a chair. It is a changing of the guard. It's the end of an era. He's the last of the power suit bookers. And if anything, him and Trump are the last of the power suit East Coast guys running things around here. I think the tech bros will soon replace them. We talk about how Devil's Advocate is like the last of the power suit era of New York. I think we're witnessing it in real time now. For better or worse. For better or worse. With Vince goes his ideas of guys having to be a certain size, hopefully. Of him wanting a particular talent to be as clean cut as possible. Something or someone, well, let's, let's keep it at something he could run ragged and beat the shit out of it, like the old carny man he is until he's made his coin. That is his move. That's his love language, I guess. I will abuse you until you give me everything you've got. And then in the end, I will give you a Hall of Fame ring. That you could have purchased yourself. And you get a Legends contract, which has, you know, endorsement deals, I guess. They could use your likeness and stuff like that. But WWE Network, hmm. the streaming stuff, eh. We will screw you on that. The legacy of Vince McMahon, if anything, should be... A powerful force... That if you can be indifferent, I don't know if indifference is the word, or part, impartial, if you can look at it legitimately with no bias, yes, he was an important force in the business and he changed our business. Would it have happened without him? That's, that's a level of what if I haven't really engaged in. Maybe we'll do that and, and stuff like that. Maybe with these what if ideas we'll putting together in segments of what ifs and really investigate what could have been. As far as pro wrestling currently goes, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there could have been a business without him. Ted Turner certainly thought there could be where he replaced him, but 
that was a different time. But you cannot divorce the abuse of power, the abuse of talent. You cannot divorce that from the legacy. It is a circus business. You know, now a lot of guys, they aren't, you know, riding the road the way they used to in terms of like, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff. And they're not partying. The Undertaker believes that makes them pussies. But I would say that just makes them survivors um, and people who are going to have good retirements. Nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, he he put on some great television. But the cost of that television still stands. Who he used, who he abused, and quite frankly, you know, his own ego as well. You know, he made himself a television character. And it's impossible to say that he didn't get off on it. You can't tell me there wasn't a part of it that wasn't ego. You can't tell me that. No one puts themselves on TV that much without having an ego. There's literally 48, actually probably at this point, the point five episodes, maybe 49, 50 hours of me doing this. And if you think there's not a level of ego in that, then we're not really being honest as human beings, are we? Was Vince a human? Was he a man of his time? We talk about that with George Washington and the rest of the founding fathers. Was he a man of his time? And did he do what was best at his time? That will be for history to decide. I think we still have to see how his legacy pans out in retirement now before we can even have that conversation. I think in 10 years, when he's really gone and we see what the business can be now, then we can really have a good conversation about legacy. But in the interim, oh, sorry, in the interim, Adding his legacy is highly complex. And I will choose to remember. I mean, you can call it the joy I got from watching those shows, but I will acknowledge every time what the cost was. For a lot of people, that will be tough. Uh, I do it with Chris Benoit matches. You know, I watch his matches, and I can appreciate the work, but the the part where he murders his family is really hard because you start to wonder how much of that work led to his eventual demise. How much of Vince wanting to be the creative genius, wanting to win the Monday Night War, wanting to be ever more powerful, giving into ego. What did that do to his family? What did that do to him and how he treated people? Will we ever know who the real Vince McMahon is? No. I don't think we will. I think he will die a mystery. He will be one of the very few people in life who will die and their entire legacy is truly based on what people said about them. Other people get to have interviews where they get in debt. A lot of them towards the end have those reflective interviews. He's not going to do that. And if he does, it's going to be a very controlled thing. Like the Pat McAfee interview, it's good. It's a good interview. But I don't think we get enough out of that to really understand him. 
there's more that could have been uncovered. And it's not Pat's fault either. Pat's really good at what he does. And the fact that Pat got what Pat got was impressive. It seemed like a lot because he gives so little. But it's going to be a long time before we can really talk about his legacy in full. You know, it's an event you didn't think would ever happen, but it's happened. And you kind of have to process it as it happens. Is pro wrestling better without him? I believe so. I think that's the case with um, most old school guys. You have to get rid of them at some point. It's not because they're old. It's just because it's time. Like, uh, I think a creative person has but so many years where they can be on top of their game. And then decline starts to happen because you're not keeping up with all the new things that are happening. Vince was one of those guys. He wasn't watching modern movies. So he couldn't really make references or really capitalize on things because his writing team would pitch it, but he wouldn't understand what they were talking about. This is for the best of everyone. I just really hope that we're not here a week later and the worst thing possibly imaginable comes out about him. And that's, well, at least you'll be able to track my opinion on him. Right now, looking at the money I was paid so he can cheat on his wife, the sexual, sexual misconduct stuff, scumbag is a legitimate word for him. But uh, right now, I can at least enjoy the work somewhat. Because it, it's hard to get that stuff out of my mind once it's there. And I'm, I'm I'm doing my best to not like not let it taint it, but it, it has to. I mean, he had Stacy Keeler do a strip tease for him in front of a whole arena. That's where the famous like gif comes from with his face, you know, like oh. So yeah, it is the end of a pro wrestling era, and that's just how it is. I still believe they're going to sell. Who will buy? I think NBC Universal. It's all on the table, really. Now that Vince retires, everything's on the table. You really can't discount anything, though. I have a strong belief it will be NBC Universal because they need it the most. They're about to lose the Marvel theme park license to Disney. So Islands of Adventure is fucked unless you get something to replace it. They're ease on a bad acquisition. So I can get with it. I can get with it. End of an era. And it's not the end of an era just for there to be, you know. It seems like a lot of things are ending. A lot of perceptions are ending. What you used to believe yesterday, you can't necessarily believe today. You know, I always complain about New York to a degree, but it is getting pretty shitty. Um, the median apartment, well, convenient rent for Manhattan apartments, $5,000. Who can afford that? God only knows. But it is getting bad out there. Some of our politicians are being attacked. Our New York governor, 
gubernatorial is that is that what we just gubernatorial GOP candidate Lee Zetlin was attacked by a man who had kind of like a brass knuckle, like a sharp brass knuckle configuration. The news said he was almost stabbed. Now, punctured probably would have been a much more fair assessment. It did look a bit big. I also wasn't a fan of the weapon. The brass knuckle to me, anytime I ever held one, put my fingers in one, I just always thought, oh, this is going to hurt my fingers too. This is not going to be fun for me either. So I better hope that when I am swinging at somebody, it's worth it. But also to try to stab, that's a bad maneuver because now you got blood on your hand. Who knows where that man's blood has been? He is a politician. Just, I just don't like it as a weapon of choice. I personally, I probably would have gone katana, but it's very hard to, to, to hide those. You can't hide them. It's an all or nothing proposition. But if you are going to try to stab a politician, it is an all or nothing proposition. Look at anyone who's ever assassinated or tried to assassinate a president. That's an all or nothing proposition. You've dedicated yourself to a moment. And you can't get out of it. You're stuck in it. You've chosen to do it. So you got to have the right weapon. Now I'm not advocating for assassinating people, though I, have, I would have to ask in this case, since he's just a gubernatorial candidate, and I believe he might be a New York congressman, is he famous enough to be assassinated? Like, do we just toss that word around? I know regular people get murdered, but never assassinated. I think assassinated has to count for people of power. But what's the balance between, like, at what level of famous do I get where I'm assassinated? Like, how many views or downloads of this podcast do I have to have now, if someone attempts to kill me, I am assassinated. Now, I'm not asking to be assassinated. I would just like to know I'm assassination worthy. That would be fair. I think we should all know what our assassination worth is. I think, legitimately, the government should print out like a sheet going, if someone was going to hire to kill you, or someone was going to hire someone to kill you. This is what you're worth. It will make you rethink some things. Like what am I doing with my life? How can I raise this? Wow. How can I raise this. Um, to another level. How can I make myself more valuable. In death. He has traditional GOP politics, you know, he, he's anti-abortion, loves guns. So he's got standard fare. It's not like he's doing anything different. The guy I did try to assassinate him had an Operation Iraqi Freedom hat on. So it's like, did he come back from the war and go, all GOP guys got to get it? But why this particular guy? Lee Zedlin's a nobody. 
No offense. I just don't see it. I just don't think he's assassination worthy. And that's not to be mean. You know, it's not to belittle him in any way. But I just don't think he was assassination worthy. I just don't. If I'm going to assassinate somebody, it's going to be top flight person. You know, we're talking president, we're talking CEO, you know, we're talking about real, you know, mover and shaker. New York governor candidate? Mm. Doesn't work for me. That rat don't grab the pizza at all for me. Doesn't make sense. And I'm not surprised he got away with it. You know, they locked him up and then according to bail reform, they let him go. I guess, you know, going after a political person is no longer a serious crime. Who knew? There are plenty of politicians I wish I had stabbed. Not saying I would. I've thought about it. I just don't have the conviction, really. I think if you are, once again, you know, assassination, you got to really give into it. You got to dedicate your life to it. And you got to know that whatever happens afterwards is no longer in your hands. Go look to this guy trying to get a job. Type his name in him. Try to assassinate a guy. But I'm surprised, you know. There's not a lot of law and order in New York anymore. We're having a little bit of an issue with uh, the amount of police we have. Some are saying a lot of police are aging out. A lot of police, a lot of officers. Let's, let's call them by the right name here. Are aging out and retiring. Some are resigning for what they feel is anti-cop rhetoric. And when confronted with this, Eric Adams was like, well, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to diversify the force. Not wrong, but it doesn't address the fact that no one's signing up. How much do they make? I haven't looked into it. I hear it's bullshit. How do you entice recruitment? I think I would have been a great cop. Because I understand you have to be a little corrupt. And here's the thing. I'm not saying you should rough up, you know, everyone you arrest. But certainly you should deal in some side deals. You know, look away when someone's selling some drugs. Get a cut of that. I don't think that should be a problem. I know in the 70s, there was a whole mass, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Reformation. Serpico style. Where all these cops are getting arrested for being in the drug game. I understood it. I don't, I don't like a hustle. I don't like a grift. The job doesn't pay all that great. Get some cash while you can. As long as you're not killing anybody, you know. If they, if they could just tone down the killing of people 
innocent people. I think we'd be fine if they cut a little on top on drug deals and stuff. We'd look away if they just didn't kill anybody. That's really just the crux of it. I'd be a cop if that were the rules. If I can engage in illegal deals. Officer Martinez. It's not bad. It's not bad. Even though Martinez's tend to be in a lot of law enforcement arenas. There's a lot of Martinez's in the army. Uh, you hear about it all the time. That and Torres. Almost every fucking movie's got a military guy named Martinez or Torres. And nine times out of ten, they're not even like Latino, Latino. They're like some white dude playing Latino. Or you got like a tan, like a light tan. And it can be very confusing. But I think I'd live up to the Martinez standard as a police officer. And to be honest, they don't blame him. These crackheads are wild. This is a new form of crackhead. We've never seen this kind of crackhead before. They're getting ingenuitive. They're creating forts of sorts. They're running ragged. Like a ragtag team of homeless A-teamers. And they're out there. And they're, they're kind of ruining things. Uh, they're making train rides not fun. These tent towns, it's getting... <sighs> and listen, I get it. Homelessness is always going to be a problem. Especially in a city like ours. You price people out, this is what you get. But I wouldn't mind if we sent them somewhere. Because it's bringing me down. It's making me a bit sad to look at. Like I really, when I get out of work, I don't want to see that. Because then I think how I'm maybe only a year away from being that. And who wants that reminder? Honestly. But New York is, is feeling it. I'm not surprised. We all knew post-COVID was going to be rough. We all did. Getting the economy back together. But now that everyone's coming back from other states, after leaving us high and dry, it's upsetting the balance scales a bit. What do you do with a city that's Crime-ridden. Only for the rich. Let's political assassins get away with their political assassination attempts. I, I, wow, I really can't believe they let him go. Um, maybe the weapon of choice is why I let him go. You know, maybe they, they agree, like, you know what? He's not a good assassin. You know, he would have just punctured him. And I think that's what it comes down to. It wasn't a stabbing. It was going to be a puncture. And I think it's going to be a puncture. It's like, is a puncture bad? It can be bad depending on what it what gets punctured. So I'm not saying no puncture 
is bad, but a stabbing seems a bit more serious. And it seems that he wasn't going to be able to really stab. A puncture, you can survive. Me saying the word puncture is probably extremely annoying right now. Because what it's doing to your ears. Puncture. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really let him go. That's fucking something. But hey, um, what do you do in a city like this? Maybe it's time we... Well, you know, we all watch Batman Begins. The entire concept of Batman Begins is destroying Gotham to rebuild it. Then it's kind of the plot to part three. Dark Knight Rises. I feel like Nolan had like maybe two ideas. And then when actually do a third, he went, mm. let's go back to what worked the first time and expand it. But New York knows that we are on the list of places who need a, a scorched earth approach. Start from the beginning. And they recently released a video in what to do during a nuclear blast. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Has New York... I... Okay. I'm just... I'm a, I'm a little... A little confused. Why shouldn't I ask? Do I not have the right to know who's bombing me? In the nine minutes I have left, I'd like to know why I'm going to die and who's doing it. I think this is the bare minimum of what someone can ask. Hey, why is this happening to me? <laughs> I want to hear about that. Don't worry about it. So we don't want me to worry about it. It's not our fault, that's for sure. Okay. Cool. Cool. Can't give me a hint, a clue, a wink. No, none of it? No. Nah, nah, nah. Don't worry about it. Go on inside edition. Park City gone too far with this public service announcement? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. The city's Office of Emergency Management released this ad telling residents what to do in the event of a nuclear attack. The host tells people to take cover indoors immediately. If you're outside when the strike occurs, residents are advised to shower and bag their clothes. Let's pause it here and take a look at this graphic ourselves. Number one tip, get inside fast. That won't be a problem. Get into a building. Move away from windows. That's all part of number one. Just saying. That seems a bit. Seems a bit duh. 
stay inside. That's number two. Uh, I think we all will. We might not have a choice. We'll be under rubble. Shut doors and windows. Go to the middle of the building. Get clean immediately. So in the nine minutes I've just gotten in, maybe I'm alive, maybe I'm dead, maybe I'm burning and my skin's falling off. I should get into the shower. If I'm lucky. Because technically, you would need to be like eight miles outside the explosion zone. Now, if I'm using Manhattan as the basis, I probably just edge out. I may not get the explosion, but I'm certainly getting the heat. And now my elbow's itchy. Means I'm probably scared to death now. And my body's having a reaction to it. Oh yeah, I'm definitely dead. I also work in Manhattan, so I'm dead. But these tips are pretty good so far. Then pay attention to local media for information and next steps. You mean that mainstream media that's always lying? That's number three, follow the media? <sighs> Horseshit. I'm not going to follow that one either. That also would have to mean the EMP didn't fry all electricity surrounding the blast radius. Now I get it. Back in the day, they had nuclear drills. The bombs were a bit different then, though the New York Times once put out an article saying, well, these current nuclear bombs aren't as bad as the old ones. So in case you were wondering, at least we'll die a lot cleaner, more sufficient. What an opportune time to drop a, a video like this. Maybe it's time. Maybe America and Russia have decided, you know what? We're going to do this. Because none of us can win. We all have to lose. What a great time for Joe Biden to have COVID. Great time for his brain to be foggier. While he's negotiating with Saudi Arabia. But this entire nuclear bomb. Preparation video. The tips already don't work. There is no. There is no plan for that. Just embrace it. Embrace the nuclear warmth. Learn to love the bomb. Because the bomb loves you. The bomb is not exploding because it hates you. It's only showing you its true nature. The bomb was designed to go off. It's not your enemy. It's your release. It's giving you a peace you would never know in life. 
the bomb is sacred. The bomb's your friend. Sweet, sweet serenity. We'd only have nine minutes. Nine. What are you going to do with those nine? I know what I'm going to do with those nine. Send out a mass text. Because I don't have time for all the phone calls. Do not. How do you decide who to call at that point? Who are you calling? Phone lines are going to be jammed. You'll get through to no one. It's over. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? My mom's got two sons. We're both trying to call her. That's a problem. My girlfriend's got to call her parents. I'm trying to call her. We're not going to get a hold of each other. Nine minutes. I say you just sit down in the street, cross-legged, and just stare up into the sky and watch it come down. Embrace the warmth. We've done a hell of a job, haven't we? We've had a hell of a society. Maybe it's time to let it go. Let it go bye-bye. What's the alternative? More hypergentrification? More crackheads? More failed political assassination attempts? I don't think I want that. Don't think I want that at all. Maybe it's time for us to go. Pack up this city and do something else. Or maybe I'm just cruel and my contempt for what my hometown has become. Again, I. I'm not going to edit that out. Not. Even if you didn't hear it, I'm not going to edit it out. Here we are. Facing the darkness together. Facing the end together. I'll probably try to throw a podcast in the last nine minutes. Maybe I'll do an Instagram live. Have one last bit of content to share with you all. It's not a bad idea. I'm not going to be able to get through to everyone else. Why not make my last nine minutes about me? About my vanity. Am I wrong for wanting to broadcast my last nine minutes? My final thoughts, my final gospel gifts to the world. Would I be wrong for that? I shouldn't be. I'm just a human being, man. 
and I can't reach everyone else. So it's like, they got to get off my back about it. They'll be dead too in nine minutes, so it won't even matter. I only have to deal with the guilt for like a minute after I'm done broadcasting. Then the radiation fire will come down and I will die. And it will be okay. I won't have to hear the nagging of how could you not have called me. Because if there is an afterlife, we'll just be happy to be there. Are you really going to nag in the afterlife about not getting the phone call? And what I chose to do my last nine minutes? Are you really going to be that person? Don't be that person now. You at home, don't be that person. Make your last nine minutes about you. Think about how many minutes you've spent doing things for other people. Why can't your last nine minutes be about you? And now I ain't saying you got to broadcast your last nine minutes like I'm going to. You can do whatever the hell you want. Some will probably jerk off. That's always the common goal. Some will pray because now they're a little fucking scared. Now they're hoping to buy a, a last minute ticket. To Resurrection Town. Not a bad way to spend your last nine. You had you have a 50-50 chance of being right. What else are you going to do? I won't be able to even profit from my last nine minutes on Instagram. When I get all those ad buys. Whoever owns my account, which is probably my brother after that. He'll be able to get the money from that. Who will be able to take that video and give it to multiple documentaries? And he'll make money off it. So in essence, my last nine minutes while being about myself still ends up being for someone else. Ain't that some shit? Ain't I a nice fucking guy? It's time to make things about yourself, man. Especially with a nuclear bomb coming down. It's time. They've, gave, they've given us the warning. That the end could be here at any moment. So why not make the last nine about you? Why not? Have a good time with it. You did what you came to do. Those last nine minutes, you're going to have to face some real hard truths. Whatever you made of your life before those last nine minutes was the best you were ever going to do. That's what destiny has decided. Whether you believe in destiny or not. Something has been decided for you. Your end. All of our ends are kind of decided for us unless you commit suicide. The end is always defined by other things. Some would say, all right, you smoked all your life. You get lung cancer. That's on you. Mm. Some people smoke all their lives and don't get lung cancer. Genetics. You, the things that are going to kill you. The likelihood of whatever those things are are already encoded into your DNA. You're just spending all your time trying to unhack what's already programmed. Have fun with that. Human beings do not operate on an operation system of love. We operate on an oper- operation system of hate. Consider that there are people who hate people within their own community the way they would hate other people in a different community. Rich whites hate poor whites the way they hate black people. 
It's all about resources, racism, sexism, all these isms. Where these concepts create to keep resources out of one group and give it to another. Because it's all about the dollars. I'm talking about this a lot on this show, I know. But I think the point you need to realize. And in those last nine minutes, none of that shit's going to matter anymore. So who cares? Kind of reminds you of the old Johnny Cash thing from Walk the Line. Where Sam Phillips delivers a speech about if you're laying on the road, you just got hit, well, you got hit by a truck, laying in the road, and you're dying, and you have one song to sing to let God know about your time on earth. What would you sing? That's a hard one for me. In those last nine minutes, hmm, I can try to rip off, you know, the first verse of Juicy. I can, I can get that one off. Maybe I do Take Me Home Country Road. Maybe I throw down some Tevin Campbell. I don't know. Don't know. Maybe I try to figure, can I get like a, a Kanye two-word situation going? I got nine minutes left. What am I going to do? In those nine minutes, I will be thinking about a lot. I will be thinking about a lot. Politicians I could have attacked. How good of a cop I would have made. I knew I should have moved out of New York. Things like that. And just hoping to get that content off those last nine minutes. To be remembered forever. And I wouldn't go out soft either. I'd I'd probably say something profound about that America will live on or something like that. Because in the end, I do want to die a patriot. Maybe I'll do it in Spanish, but I don't know Spanish. So I could represent Puerto Rico if I wanted to in a scenario. I could only represent America. Damn shame, but hey, you know, that's, that's where I'm from. I'm born here. What did you think was going to happen? When you're named after one of the Ninja Turtles, you kind of just become the Ninja Turtle. I'm pretty sure my fascination with pizza directly comes from the fact that I'm named after a Ninja Turtle. Or I share one. Not that I'm named, I'm named after my dad. And Ninja Turtles came on way after he was born. Maybe he was named after the artist, but he didn't have the pH. I would have liked the pH. I just don't like the way R-A-F-A-E-L looks when you write it. The pH looks so much cooler. Beggars can't be choosers. But that will be one of the things I think about in my last fucking nine minutes. Going, God, I could have had a fucking cooler name. And there's supersonic jets, too. So maybe only less than nine minutes. I 
It won't matter who the president was at that point. Because either way, he done fucked up. I'm getting nuclear bombed because of him. Fuck. But I would like to know who did it. Let's see if she has any more tips. Many are comparing the PSA to a 1951 film put out by the Civil Defense, using a fictional turtle to tell kids how to respond to a nuclear incident back then. Now, you and I don't have shells to crawl into like Bert the Turtle, so we have to cover up in our own way. First, you duck. I like the idea that a turtle can just go into his shell and survive the nuclear blast. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, maybe that's where they got it from. Watching these old PSAs going, wouldn't it be crazy if the nuclear bomb hit them and mutated them and made them cool teenage turtles? I don't know Kevin Eastman, the creator of them, so I can't answer that question. Maybe I'll pose that to him one day. He'll tell me I'm wrong. But deep down, he'll know I'm right. And that's what really matters to me, being right. It's going to matter to me in those nine minutes. I'm going to want to be right. And then you cover. But the comparisons aren't flattering. Many are calling both PSAs unhelpful. While there are no imminent threats against the city, Mayor Eric Adams says New York remains a top target for terrorism. He says the ad wasn't meant to be alarmist, but rather to help residents prepare in the event of this worst case scenario. You've got this. City officials say it is important for New Yorkers to know how to stay safe, even though the event of a nuclear weapon incident happening in the city is low. For Inside Edition Digital, I'm Mara Montalbano. Well, sure. Sure. I am a fan of the movie to some of all fears of Ben Affleck. They blow up a football stadium. No spoiler alert, the whole entire movie is built on it. Yes, I'm having a drink. It's actually water. Um, well, I sound like an alcoholic there. I assure you I'm having water. But um, watching that stadium explode was kind of the first time I had ever really envisioned a nuclear bomb going off in a city. And that football stadium didn't seem to mind it. So they certainly didn't feel it. So sure. Have at it if we must. Have at it if we must. You only got nine minutes. Nine fucking minutes from when you're told the bomb is going to drop. This is it. If you're in a blast radius, you're fucked. If you're outside the blast radius, you're fucked. If you're the world that survives afterwards, if you're in another state, you're fucked. Because now you're in full world war, baby. There is no staying safe when the bomb drops. But hey, that's not the bomb's fault. It's not. If the world did end, 
in a nuclear holocaust. It would be like kind of our Noah flood. Humanity would have to rebuild after that. Maybe they'll build religions around the bomb. Maybe that's what will occur. New wasteland religions based on nuclear physics. Could be interesting. What do you what are you able to pass on? Because if everything's digital now and you wipe that out too, we're done. We're closer to an apocalypse than we think. And the weird part is, I'm not freaked out by it. I just hope it's a good apocalypse. Yes, the show is called This Will End in Darkness, but it doesn't necessarily mean darkness is the worst thing. I am an optimistic nihilist, I think. You know, inevitably life will be pain. Inevitably life will be suffering. But that doesn't mean you won't appreciate the good times. And if everything does end in darkness, well, you won't even feel it. There's a freedom in that. Death, no matter what you believe, is a release. Enjoy it. Have at it. Mike Tyson says he's going to die soon. i never seen someone more prepared to die in my life. I'm certainly not. This is all bullshit. This is what I tell myself so I can get through it. But um, here's the thing. Uh, in the end, there's but very little we can control. And when you've got nine minutes left, you, you realize that. So do what you can with what you got. What can I do with what I got? Who knows? We'll have to see. We will have to see. Making sure we make a schedule here. But I do know this. You will not be disappointed in my last nine minutes of Instagram content. You won't. Because I make this content for you. And truly, by the end of that video, we will all know how this one is going to end. <laughs>